You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mr. You. Welcome back to the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life, wherever you are today and however you are listening to the podcast for the people. Thank you again for making a call me Mr. You. Just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Thank you again for joining us. We're in season four. We're excited about what's going on so far. Thanks again for all the comments and the support. As you already know, every Monday and Thursday, brand new episodes of the show wherever you enjoy your podcast. We're on our new platform, Good Pods, which allows you to rate and review and comment on every individual episode from every season as much as you like, which I love. Thanks for your support on that. Let's go ahead and jump into our episode for today, if we can, please. All right, so I think we see this all around us. It's not really uncommon, but... How many of you on your morning or evening commutes or both on your daily travels or looking out of your window, you can see a sign. They're all around us. They're in our streets and roadways, They're in our neighborhoods and communities. Signs, stop signs, yield signs, detour signs, signs. They plastered on windows of our local supermarkets, on our favorite web pages, billboards, atop every highway, even in the middle of our favorite television programs. Signs. They're everywhere. Some point to them as indicators of where they are and how far they traveled. We even look to them for guidance and information. It's not unheard of that some are oblivious to them because they find themselves distracted by their own stuff. That happens. And quite simply, have a blatant disregard for what they represent in the greater scheme of things. That's a different topic. But we can always find signs readily accessible to us that inform us, teach us, indicate something somebody wants us to know, or point us in the proper directions. Now, however, somehow, despite what we already know and what we learn by experience, we still find ourselves, especially in times of great despair, hopelessness, and angst, Clamoring for another tangible piece of clear evidence. Lord, give me a sign. Perhaps if we look past the us that gets in the way so very often, we can extract and pull from our wealth of experience one simple truth. Regardless of our cultural backgrounds, religious views, socioeconomical statuses, and the like, we have one basic thread that makes us all Strikingly similar. Any one of us at any time or stage of our life, after we've given our best effort and we've prayed, fasted, cried, and yet to see any tangible results, clear path of direction, or that explosive, life-altering, miraculous breakthrough, we are all susceptible to overlooking the obvious that's right in front of our faces, 
to chase something we all have posed the same question to that we look for for divine help. As we look for divine help, Lord, please give me a sign. People historically seek a sign, provide answers to complex questions. Lord, give me a sign. People seek a sign to give me to give direction. People expect a sign to lead them to find purpose in their life. Lord, give me a sign. It's wonderful in theory, but do we honor the signs that we currently see? Not a plug, but I wrote a book on this topic that I hope to have published. It's finished, but to have it published in some time to come. But I go in a lot more detail about signs, the origin, what they mean, how to, how they apply to life right now, and what they indicate about our present and our future. It gets pretty deep, but hopefully I can share some good news about that at some time in the near future. But we want to stop signs. We don't yield when we see that big yellow sign. We speed up when we're supposed to slow down. We go faster when we're supposed to stop. If the signs are there for our protection and direction, why do we show such little respect for them? It's nearly impossible to drive down a city or country road and not see one on either side of you. Sometimes they're really far in between each other, but if you're paying attention, you'll eventually see one. They tell you where you're going. They tell you what road you're on. They tell you how far it will take you to get where you're going. They make you aware of how fast you can go to get to where you're going. They can even be indicated that you're headed in the wrong direction. They're not forceful. They don't have the audacity to intrude on your personal space. They don't make demands. They're just simply there. The sign. They're to aid us in our journey. Some subtle some very obvious, but they're there to give guidance and to give direction for those that pay attention to them. They're signs. What is a sign? Merriam-Webster defines it as a piece of paper or wood, etc., with words or pictures on it that gives information about something, a motion, an action, a movement that you use to express a thought, command, or wish. Something which shows that something else exists is true or will happen. The word covers a lot of ground, but some additional definitions are a symbol, action, or occurrence that points to something beyond itself. A notice bearing a name, direction, warning, or advertisement displayed for public view. Any object, action, event that conveys a meaning. The speed limit sign on your local interstate is there to remind you of the maximum and minimum speed you can drive while on this highway. It's designed to limit the dangers that come from driving at higher than needed speeds in this area. Signs are all around us if we choose to see them. If we had to pull ourselves through our lifetime, how many times would you say we have ignored a warning sign? How many times would you admit that you knew the right thing to do but just didn't do it for one reason or another. Maybe it was to prove something to somebody or to please yourself or to please another person. Maybe you just didn't feel like being obedient and falling in line with a rule or regulation. Is it possible that we were readily advised of one route that was feasible and highly recommended, but we chose an alternative because we just felt like it and it didn't go well for us? Has that happened to you before? 
Can you be honest and say that you've seen a train wreck in someone else's life and have said afterwards that you saw it coming the entire time? You just didn't say anything to him. I venture to say that many of us, perhaps even you, view signs as something recommended or advised, but maybe you don't see a particular need to abide by every single one of them. Don't raise your hands. I remember approximately 28 years ago, I came to a crossroad in my life. Everything I thought I understood, that I thought I could trust, all the things I came to believe were under intense investigation. And introspection, I guess you can say too. I was quite literally and figuratively a lost man. I felt as alone as I ever have in all of my life. And that's not hyperbole at all. I was having some thoughts I never had before. Some really bad thoughts. I lost faith in everyone, including myself and including God. And I was under a strict DTA policy. I didn't trust anyone. I certainly couldn't trust myself. I didn't even know myself. I knew who everybody wanted me to be and who what they expected me to be and what talents and abilities I, I possessed that, you know, put me in certain rooms and, and categories, but I didn't know who I was anymore. I was a stranger. I was really lost. I did what many of us have done. At the peak of my lostness, I lifted my eyes up to the sky and cried out to God and said, give me a sign. If you're real, Lord, give me a sign. If you still got my back, and I'm not too far gone, give me a sign. Not more than a few weeks after that bold request to the heavens, I was given a part of the answer. Just not quite how I expected it. It wasn't a sign I was looking for. <laughs> I was coming back home from work back in my old neighborhood in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. I was about three yards from my front doorstep when a masked gunman jumped out from behind a huge tree a few feet in front of me with a gun pointed at my face. The gunman pointed a medium-sized handgun at my face. I can't tell you what kind of gun it was because all I can see was the, the nozzle of the gun. He took two very tentative steps close to me. I think I almost saw into the barrel of the gun. And like so many have speculated, I saw my entire life pass before my eyes. That's a real thing. I thought about my baby sister and who couldn't go to sleep at night unless she was laying on my chest, which is the true story. She had to have that every night. I thought about my mom, whose laugh I could hear as clear as day. A laugh that brought me joy so many times. I thought, what if my mom came outside to throw out the trash? What would be the last thing that she saw? I saw everything in one dizzying flash. A man with a gun in his hand and his finger loosely on the trigger with his hand quivering and shaking. So let me help you here in case you're not following what's going on here. His hands on the tr- his fingers on the trigger and his hand is shaking violently because he's scared, I guess. And the gun is pointed at my head. I just want to make that clear so you understood the uh, context. Definitely, I didn't want to die. Obviously, I had... A lot of thoughts, but at the end of the day, 
I had something to live for. Even if it's just my mom, my little sister, I had something to live for. I don't think I had that much of a meaningful life up to that point, but I had something to live for. I looked into the eyes of this gunman and I determined that night in that moment that this wasn't my last night on earth. I don't know where I got that feeling, that sensation from. I mean, I was from the ghetto, so let's not confuse things. I was from the hardest place maybe there ever was. And I got a gun to my head and I just decided them somewhere in me that I'm not giving you anything and you ain't taking anything. So I'm catching a bullet or you are something's happening, but I just was uh, resistant to the whole thing. <laughs> Let me just put it like that. But I can't help thinking that this man saw or felt something that shook him up because his hands were shaking so violently. He was like, I don't know what he saw, but he was extremely, uh, <sighs> maybe afraid. I don't know, but you know, I didn't want to be a good, a good victim on that day. I was pretty positive. I probably wouldn't get shot. Even if it was unintentional, the man with the loaded weapon in his hand should have been really confident. He got a, a, a gun in his hand. I presume it's loaded. He should be really confident. He had the upper hand, I guess, right? I was the victim of an armed robbery and I should have been the one afraid for my life. I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live every day like a victim either. I got a gift that night that I never forget. And I'll be extremely grateful for. I didn't get shot. I didn't lose anything of value. And I found the Lord that night. Maybe one day I'll share that story. I know it's going to be highlighted in the book that I told you about. Lord, give me a sign. Maybe one day when we're talking and having conversations or we're having discussions on our social media platforms, I'll share the story with you and kind of how things went down. But needless to say, I needed a sign in that moment. And it changed the entire trajectory of my life. I was spiraling out of control, to be honest. I needed a lifesaver. I had some challenges with, you know, the idea of wanting a sign for everything. I kind of don't really think we need to have that all the time. But in this case, I saw merit to the idea that signs are good for our development. When they applied properly. Uh, part of my mindset about wanting a sign comes from something that I learned in scripture. There's a passage in the book of Mark, the eighth chapter, verse 11 and 12. And Jesus is saying, oh, well, first the Pharisees came out and began to argue with Jesus, seeking for him a sign from heaven to test him. They wanted a sign because they were testing him, not because they believed in him. Or that they felt like, you know what, a sign would get us to believe or convince us or persuade us. They wanted a sign to test him to see if he was who he says he was. Sighing deeply in his spirit, Jesus said, why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day, in case you didn't know. They were the religious authorities of their time. They walked the streets to much acclaim and honor and respect. Even worship to some degree, I think. When someone had a theological question, 
but didn't understand a point of contention, these men were the go-to option to get answers. They were the religious experts of their generation. They were given the best seats in the house and the members of a very exclusive, very privileged group of leadership. They were the cream of crop in their day. But they had a fatal flaw. They loved all the attention. And they felt that it was right that they had it. They deserved it. They didn't mind being honored and perhaps even worshipped and pampered. They didn't point men to God. They pointed men to themselves. They helped men turn away from God, if anything, by keeping them bound to human ideas, human worship, instead of divine inspiration and instruction. Jesus was loath, and rightfully so, to give these people a sign because he knew they just wanted to test him and were not interested in his teachings at all or the reason why he was even there among them. They saw him as a threat to their comfort and their way of life. The celebrity they had. Not a teacher or a savior, the people who needed it, but a, a hindrance to their comfort. Something I found myself saying way too often when I was a teenager, a teenager was, why can't they see this? Why can't they see the signs? I just say that all the time. <laughs> Funny now that you think about it. I said that whenever something happened on TV or in our neighborhood that was crazy. How is it possible people can't see this is wrong? How don't they know this is a problem? I would talk to the TV all the time and mom be like, who are you talking to? I'd be saying to the TV, said, how do they don't see this? This is, this is, this is crazy. Well, I grew up significantly, significantly since that time, my youthful days. And I think I'm under the impression now that people can see just fine. Seeing the signs were never the real issue at all, in my opinion. It's just simpler to keep somebody's eyes closed or look away from the signs. But they can see the signs. You know the signs said 45 miles per hour. They can't, it's not that they can't see it. They just want to get where they're going faster. So they're going to do 65. They know. They can see the signs. Here's some questions to consider when it comes to this. One, do we know what we are specifically asking for when we ask for a sign? Two, does my request help me only or does it help somebody else also? Does it help others also? Three, do we have the capacity to handle the responsibilities that come with our request? Four, is the request necessary or is the answer already available to us? I'm just asking. I really believe that we are not very far from the example that Jesus talked about with the Pharisees. Do we need to have a sign? Or do we already see the answers? Do we already know what the right path is to take? Do we already know the correct speed we should be traveling? Are we going in the right direction already? Do we need to have a sign? A sign is a reminder, a warning, an exhibition. It's almost hard to fathom today that we can be surrounded by signs and evidence that God is real and able and full of undying love for us. And still we deny him. We test him. Waiting for or requesting more evidence. We still find ourselves searching for signs 
and still demanding proof? How can that be, right? It's a great question. Something to think about. But wherever you are today and however you listen to the podcast with the people, thank you again for making they call me Mr. You. It's a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. Your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Don't forget, every Monday, every Thursday, brand new episodes of our show. Thank you again for joining us and for all your support. We appreciate you. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.